Hey there, entrepreneurs. If you haven't had a chance to go back and check out last week's episode with Amy Stanton, you know, it's just such a great conversation around, you know, the feminine and the masculine and not, not meeting men and women, but just your ability to harness all of the qualities that you have and really leverage them for success because all of them are equally important, right? So you want to go back and check that, you know, episode out. But for right now, I am jumping in with the amazing Reagan Walsh. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. Hey there, entrepreneurs, and welcome to this week's episode. I have been looking forward to this conversation all week. I am so excited to be welcoming Reagan Walsh to the show little bit of background around this fantastic person. She is an NYU certified executive and life coach who, and I love this so much, focuses on helping women who are over-programmed and underwhelmed to reclaim their lives, both personally and professionally. She's been featured in all sorts of things, Harvard Business Review, tons of amazing things like that. But more importantly, her amazing first book, Heart Boss, was just published in March. I've read it. We're going to talk about it today. You guys are going to love it. So Reagan, welcome to the show today. Oh, Michelle, I am also the person that's been looking forward to this all week long. I was like, when do I get to reunite with Michelle? So thank you for hosting me today. This is going to be so fun. It is. It is. Because everything I read, I was telling you earlier, everything I read in your book, I was like, yes, yes. Like People think I'm crazy sometimes when I read books because I'm like talking out loud as I'm reading them in a coffee shop. But- oh, for sure. I like fist pump the air yeah. sometimes yeah. when somebody nails it. I'm like, yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. So to start off, just give us a little bit of background. How did you become the fantastic person you are today? Give us the mini version because I know they need to read the book to get the whole the whole download. Yeah, mini version. I have been so lucky in my life to experience different professional and personal chapters like we all have from, you know, a corporate 100 companies to startups and everything in between. And About seven years ago, I decided to make a pivot and follow my gut instinct and get certified as an executive and life coach. And as you mentioned, my life's work is helping the woman who is simultaneously overwhelmed. She's got way too much on her plate and she's underwhelmed. Like she finally gets to where she thinks she's supposed to be in her life and she's there and she's like, oh yeah, this blows. I don't want any part of this. How can I re-engineer everything? So that's how I spend my days is helping women shed their shoulds and get back in touch with who they are. And then on the side, not on the side, like I have this other fun life with my family. I have two little girls. I have a foxy husband who is such a good champion for me. Um, it's interesting, you know, you, we'll, we'll talk a lot about heart boss. And somebody recently asked me like, oh, when you were writing your book, what was Nick saying about it? And I was like, I didn't share it with him until it was 
published. And when you read it, you're going to know why that's, you know, seems like a risky move, but if you have the right partner, you can do those things and you know that they have their, they'll have your back. So uh, personally, I have a life that I love professionally. I get to help others create a life that they love. Um, And I just feel so, so grateful um, for all of it. So thank you for letting me share it with your audience. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better. I love that you did not share it with your husband up front because I'm very similar where I know the rules of engagement, right? Like I know what not to write about, we'll say, and what to write about, and you know that they support you, and and he knows you. It's not like, you know, there was a ton of surprises. I actually liked how you, how he was spoken about in your book. (laughs) I I know it's funny. He, you know, and also like, he still hasn't finished it, but I think he's through all the juicy parts about us or like former relationships I was in, but he texted all of his work buddies and they're all reading it. Now they're texting him like, you know, (laughs) this bump and you know, all this stuff. They're like, way to go, man. (laughs) I I, I'm a little bit more worried about like my mother-in-law. She's, she's read it. She acknowledged it. She enjoyed it, but we didn't talk about it. Yeah. You know, like I I don't want to. We didn't go there. I don't ever want to, No, um, but you know, she, yeah. she also enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, you know what I liked, like I said to you earlier, I liked the fact and folks, you're going to go buy this book. That's just the end of story. You're just going to go buy it. You're going to go onto Amazon. We're going to link in the, in the notes and you're just going to go buy it. So, but I liked in the book, the fact that, you know, you had, didn't, you had a really interesting way of weaving in the personal, you know, narrative of your life, your family, everything else. And then just being, dropping these like, like thought nuggets, like in there, all of a sudden I was like, ah, okay, here it is. Like, you know, so one of the lines that I really enjoyed that you wrote was what had for so long served my soul had started eating it. And I think that given the fact of the, the, the landscape that we are in right now, April, next phase of COVID coming, a lot of frustrated women out there, um, you know, speak about what you mean about that line. Yes. So when you read the book, you'll understand that I was talking about this dream opportunity. I got to work for a startup camp for children with serious illnesses, and I got to help build this camp from the ground up. It was the most meaningful work I had ever done in my life until it wasn't, right? Right. So the point of that chapter is about learning how to prioritize, evolve, and then repeat. So what had been my priority at that season in my life was to really go big on something with deep meaning. I didn't care that I was working seven days a week. I didn't care that I was working 20 hour days. I was all in. I wanted to do that until my priorities shifted. When my priorities shifted, I remember thinking, ah, why am I miserable every day at my job? This is a dream job right? But what had changed is I had a different life. I had not only met Nick, my husband, I had married him, right? So when I started that job, I was single. All I wanted to do was work and do something meaningful. Then I meet this guy that seems kind of interesting and we're dating. He gets involved in the camp. He's a donor. He's a volunteer. He's there for the ride. Then we get married and I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of getting home late at night. I'm tired that all of our time together is like spent volunteering at this camp. Like what about our dreams? So it's so important. And right now in this season coming out of COVID to reevaluate, 
to reprioritize, to evolve. We are allowed to evolve. Exactly. We are allowed to change our minds. We are allowed to say, you know what, what served me last month or last year, or even yesterday no longer serves me. And, you know, as I say in my book and all the time to my clients, what you aren't changing, you're choosing. Yes. Right. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Gosh. So if you're choosing, right. To be miserable every day, to hate your job, to hate the fact that your family is so overprogrammed because you have 25 activities for each one of your children and you say yes to the PTA and you say yes to volunteering and, 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 well, that's on you, right? Like right. we all have the same amount of time. Some of us are overwhelmed and overprogrammed and some people feel really content and they create space and they block out room for them. And yeah. um, I would argue that that type of living is a lot more enjoyable and fulfilling when you get to actually be present and not just rush around and miss it. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're not saying just to be clear, because I, when I have these conversations, I hear clients in my head, right? Like you do too. And I'm like, I'm hearing the counter arguments and everything else. You're not saying that it's an easy thing to do, but it's, it's a different kind of feeling. If I'm understanding correctly, it's, it's an intentional way of living. It's you are the one that is waking up and choosing. And I don't know about you, but there's so many times where I've asked women, you know, what makes you happy? I've asked women what they want. And the answer is, I don't know. And Mm. that's kind of where to start first, right? Like you don't have to go quit your job, run screaming in the streets, make a huge gigantic thing, but you do have to ask yourself, like, what do you want it to look like and do a wheel of life or do something like that, right? or identify that perfect day. Like Uh what are the ingredients that you actually want in your life? What are the ones you don't want? Right. And the only way you can have that conversation with yourself is if you create space to do it. Right. So like, you're never going to know what it is you want. If you, before you get out of bed are checking your email. Yes. And then you're working through every meal and you're dashing around and you don't ever have time to come up for a breath. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember those days when I did that and I just like, I don't ever want to go back. No, no. Cause once it you is, know that there's a different way of doing it, it feels gross. It does feel <laughs> like, gross. And there are like, still seasons where I fall into the trap. Yes, of like I was just sharing, like right now my life is incredibly programmed and it's all good stuff and there's an end in sight. But again, that's a choice that I'm yes. choosing. So yes. I'm okay with it. Um, and as you mentioned, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Right. Right. So it's not easy to live by design, but it's a lot better to live by design than by default and and living it a way you other people want you to live. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're, we're, we're up against a lot of society's pressures with that, especially as women, right? I was cracking up when I was reading the chapter about, um, you know, sign up for plates and napkins, right? Because that's, (laughs) that's what I do. And I'm always like, Oh, Michelle, you're not the best mom. And for those of you who are not parents and have no idea what I'm talking about, when you get that list of things to sign up for, for your child's classroom, you feel an innate pressure to like make Pinterest worthy cupcakes and, you know, goodie bags that with like bajillion things in them. But I've, I'm kind of with you. I've stepped into the plates and napkins are cool too, but there's a lot of fucking guilt around plates and napkins, which is silly, right? It is so (laughs) silly. I, um, I just had my kids, I, I'm not a big birthday party person for, yeah, for children, right? Like I, I was once invited to a one-year-old's birthday party. I'd never met the kid. I'm actually not 
necessarily close to the the parents and there was a photographer and a caterer and all this stuff which was great for them but for me I was like I for a minute I was like am I supposed to be doing this and then I recognized like oh you can also choose plates and napkins. So my daughter, who's bless her heart, one of her, one of my daughter's birthdays is in January. And this January, she got to invite one friend over and they played outside in the cold, you know, because of COVID they had pizza outside and, um, that was it. And I remember the dad saying like, thanks for this party. Like this is, this is, there was no, there were no whistles or bells. We did have cake and they had pizza and they played and it was fine. And so it's being okay. Like when you need to lower the expectations, being okay with that and being gentle with yourself. And when you want to like, you know, make a big splash, do it. Like, you know, just be true to what it is you need and don't feel bad. I teeter between the two, you know, there's, there are times when I like put it all on the line and there are times when I'm fine with plates and napkins. Right. Exactly. And I think as people who are running businesses too, as entrepreneurs, it's okay to do the plates and napkins too, because I think, you know, especially from a social media perspective, you're looking right. You're looking left. You're like, I'm not launching this. I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Instead of saying, no, this is the season of life I'm in. And this is what I'm choosing to do in this season. Right. Yes. And as entrepreneurs, how many hours do we waste trying to perfect something for every single like new client or new opportunity? It's funny. I almost fell into that trap earlier this week, creating something from scratch for somebody that invited me to speak to their company. And I realized like, you know what? You already have a one pager. You don't have to customize and redo and do all these things like you want to do. I want to make everything perfect, but I already have something that exists and that's good enough. Right. It's exactly good enough is the word right there. And I think people who probably know me are like, you're saying that Michelle. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm learning because it's an, it's an evolution. And because if you, the, the big aha for me is I was like, if I want my company where I want my company, then something's got to give here. And if I want my family where I want my family, something's got to give. So you pick and choose and you choose the plates and napkins, you know, and you choose the people to surround yourself with as well, Mm -hmm. which I can imagine is, you know, part of the journey as well with this, right? For sure. Choosing the right people. And something that I feel is important for your audience is to recognize like the language you use. Like if you're using language, like I have to do this versus I get to. Like that's your red flag. If you're, if your whole day is, I have to do this. I have to go. I have to, I have to, I have to, I would re I would start there. I would start a list with all your have tos and see which ones you're actually excited about and change your language. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think I, I I mean, I rarely say have to, I get to. Good. Yeah. Good. That's such a valuable point. And, you know, there are life obligations, right? There Mm -hmm. are some things that, you know, feeding your children, things like that, where you may say, I have to do this, or I have to homeschool. Right. But I think there's also a certain level of kind of victim that comes with that. Like you're put upon and therefore relinquishing your ability to choose. Yes. Again. So it comes back to that, right? For sure. Everything comes back to that. Yeah. Like I have to, you know, go to the dentist. I'm choosing to, because I like healthy teeth. I choose to get my mammogram. Do I enjoy it? No but I get to go do that. I get to take care of my body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think, so can you speak a little bit about, I liked your emphasis in the book around, you know, 
allowing self-care in and self-care beyond just bubble baths, but really to support your priorities in that chapter and to mm-hmm. function at your highest. So can you speak about, you know, your, your two cents on that topic? Yeah. And self-care means different things for different people. For mm-hmm. me, it means a handful of things. Number one, it means asking for what I need, right? Yeah. So yes. if I'm able to communicate to my husband, what it is I need, which many times looks like I'm going out to dinner by myself. I'm going to sit at a bar and order a cheeseburger and a glass of wine. And I just need that moment for me. For me, that is self-care. Sometimes it's taking a solo trip, right? Sometimes those are work trips, like an offsite retreat. Sometimes it's a vacation where I'm reading books and putting my feet in the ocean and that's by myself, right? Um, other times it looks like getting more support, right. Getting more childcare during the busy season. So I I really encourage people to figure out like, what does it mean to you? Is it meditation? Is it movement? Um, you know, for me getting outside every day, like taking timeouts. And in fact, I think the first time we ever spoke, I may have just gone sledding by myself. Is that true? (laughs) It sounds familiar. And I kind of love it. Yeah. This past winter it snowed and I was on back-to-back zoom calls and I had one hour of a break and I looked outside and I was like, wow, it would be fun to play right now. And my kids were at school. And what I did is I took one of their sleds and I drove to the park. I went down the hill five times (laughs) and then I I went and got hot chocolate and I drove home in time for my next zoom call. It shifted my entire aura I had so much energy and it was amazing. So for me, that moment of choosing me during that hour, instead of responding to emails or scrolling social media, I went sledding and it changed everything. It made me more productive, more excited. The person at that three o'clock Zoom call was like, what just happened to you? And I was like, oh, let me tell you. And they're like, (laughs) I want some of that. Mm -hmm. So it's choosing breaks versus grinding through all the time. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, we do live in a society that loves its grind. You know, when I go back and forth on that word and I'm like, oh, you know, you got to grind for success. You do in some seasons, you know, I'm not saying that you don't, you're, you know, you're not hustling through some seasons fine. But when that becomes normalized um, and speaking from experience, it takes a toll. And I love the story that you just said, because it, hopefully it will give people permission to do something similar. And it doesn't have to be that big, but I was on a call with a client earlier who was saying, you know, she finally had a similar light bulb go off where she was on back to back. And she said, Nope, I'm going, she lives near the beach. I'm going to the beach for, for an hour. She's like, and I came back and it was like a new person. And I was like, yeah, because as humans, we're not built to be productive for 12 hours straight. It's impossible. It's impossible. (laughs) And I don't know if you've listened to this episode of um, Unlocking Us, Brené Brown's podcast, but she had this line that I cannot shake. She said, the opposite of play isn't work, it's depression, right? So the opposite of play is not work, it's depression, which is so true. Like mm-hmm. I've experienced depression. I had, I experienced depression through this pandemic yeah. and it was because it, everything was a grind, right? Like right. it's, it's homeschool. It's building your business. It's, you know, all of the things. And when you don't pause in your day and you just think you're going to grind and grind and grind away, like eventually your mental health is going to take a big hit. Yes. Uh, we need to build in more play, no matter what your circumstances are. Like you can take a 10 minute time out for you and walk around the block. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's, it's normalizing that 
mentality. And for anyone who is listening and saying, I can't do it, I can't do it. Try it, try it and prove yourself wrong. Yeah. Right. You know, give it, give it a test ride for, I, I always tell women 15 non-negotiable minutes for you a day. Like if you were telling me there's 24 hours a day and you can't find an hour, 15 minutes, start there and build and stack it. Um, you know, because you're exactly right. It doesn't, it takes a toll. And I think also as women, we need to somewhat normalize the other by other, I mean, you know, sadness and Mm -hmm. things are hard and stuff like that. Those other emotions as well, because we feel like something's wrong with us when shit's hard. I, I just kind of want to rewind two minutes yeah. ago when you said the 15 minute break. I, I know that my face probably did something scary yeah. because I, can you imagine if, and I get it. Like yeah. I have been in that season yes. where yeah. 15 minutes has seemed impossible. Right. And that makes my soul sob. Yes. Like that just exactly. makes me, what are we doing wrong if we can't have 15 effing minutes? Well, exactly, exactly. And that's, And that's the point is that, you know, and it could be 15 minutes as you, you put in your book, sitting in your bathroom or your mom was right. Sitting in the bathroom, eating fucking grapefruit, right? Because nobody would touch her fucking grapefruit because that's sometimes your momming is. She did not want, I'm the youngest of six kids and the thought of cutting up grapefruit for six children. No. You know, like what would happen is we'd, we would only have six grapefruits and then she'd be left at the end with none. So instead my mom took a grapefruit into the bathroom and she sat on the toilet and locked the door and ate it in peace. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta stand up for what it is you need. Yeah, exactly. And it comes, comes full circle back to what you said earlier about vocalizing your needs, which is very challenging because we know that there are some partners out there who won't hear it or whatever, but sometimes you have to not give them a choice either. Correct. You just totally. need to do it. Yeah. This is what I need. And if, if you're not like, if people aren't respecting that boundary, they're probably not your people. Right. Which is hard. It's a hard thing to hear, especially if it's a spouse or if it's somebody else. But I think, you know, one thing I set out to be, and again, not perfect by any means at any of this, let me just caveat this entire conversation. But I remember <laughs> my mom saying when I, when I had my first, um, son, she said, you know, he doesn't have to do everything the way that you do it. Your husband doesn't have to do it the way you do it. You know, it just has to be done for your own sanity's sake, you know, and that's something I've kind of taken forward in everything. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that such a power? I check myself all the time and it normally is, you know, bless his heart. It's normally targeted like toward my husband. Yeah. Um, but recognizing, you know, if, if Nick is making the kids lunches for school in a different way than I do, none of that matters. No. Like is the result that they have something to eat at school? Yes. yes. Let them do it. But me right. like wanting to control it. There have been plenty of times I wanted to like insert myself and take over. I'm like, none of this matters. You got to let it go. Right. The lunches are getting packed or the dinner's getting made, yes. uh, whatever it is, not applying your, your preference Right. to everything. Right. It's right. hard to not buy your preference. Exactly. And I think, you know, the, the topic of control is a very, it's one that needs to be spoken about too, because, you know, it's a, um, a lot of the times I see people who are super anxious. So they try to control, right. It's yes. not control in like a, I'm being a mean person typing control freak connotation. It's, you know, either you're feeling anxious or you're insecure or something else is driving that need to control, you know, you worry about your children we get it (laughs) like on that level, but it is to your point, like you said, checking yourself and saying in the grand scheme 
of life, if they eat peanut butter and jelly for the fifth day in a row, or if my copy isn't spot on for a client, like, yeah, it'll be okay. It's all right. I, <laughs> I had, I have, have or had, I think I probably still have some shame about this, but my younger daughter eats Nutella for breakfast every single day. And I have shame about that because in my mind, she should have a green smoothie and I work every day to shed that and not control. Like, you know what? Who cares? Like she, I grew up on frosted flakes. If she's having Nutella and pretzels for breakfast every day, you know, it's no different than the pop tarts I grew up on. Right. Exactly. But I do, I do have shame over it and I do want to control it, but I'm like, you know what? Just let her. Just well, also, then you get in a fight about it, right? Totally. I mean, and then it's, then it's, and it's no longer about the, the child's best interest. It's no yeah. longer about what's best. It's about winning. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Right? And like, why are we trying to, <laughs> I don't need to have that battle with my, my four and five-year-olds. Yeah. No. And I think oftentimes, you know, we know this as, as coaches is that it's not, you have to table your ego, especially if you're sitting with a client yes. or you're looking at somebody's business or their life or so it's not, you don't bring yourself to that table. You bring your skills, but it's your job to bring the person to water, like the horse to water, but yes. not to shove their face and make them drink. Like it's totally. two different things, um, which I'm sure, you know, maybe you can speak to this too, that, that outlook itself kind of changed my entire way of viewing things. Yeah. When you're able to remove yourself from the situation and focus on, you know, whatever is best for that person, right. And ask, be curious and ask questions because you know, the answer, it's not your answer to make, right. It's their answer. Exactly. It's their choice. What's right for me. Isn't right for you. Right. You know, we, and which leads me to why do we spend our days? And I, I talk about this a little bit in heart boss, like we are always not always so often we do things because we think other people expected of us. Exactly. But what if we just walked away from that and did what w- was right for us? Think about how less overwhelmed you would be, right? How much more contentment you would experience if you actually did what it was you needed versus right. trying to get external feedback for what you already internally know is right for you. Exactly. Not to mention, I think we're assuming we're assuming that's yes. what they want of us. We, we are assuming they want the fucking Pinterest cupcakes or the perfect you know, speakers page or the, this or the, that, yeah. but you know, they're 99% of the time. They're not even thinking that because people no, are thinking about themselves. <laughs> they're always thinking about themselves. And especially for like the business owners out there, like your 90% is somebody else's 150. Exactly. You know, like I, I can beat myself around the bush, like with all of these things with like speakers reels and one pagers and all of that stuff. And you know what? It's exceptional. Like to them, what uh, your 90% is exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. I find myself when I go into to meetings, like if I want to rebrand or, you know, I go through these things where I'm all of a sudden like, I need to rebrand. I don't like this stuff, you know, like as a business owner, I'm like, it's time, you know, and yes. then I have people like your stuff is good. What are you talking about? And I'm like, but not for me, you know, and yeah. it, but it's all in in our head, looking from that external in, instead of internal out and trusting your gut, which is a big part of your book, which I would like you to dive into, please. That kind of theory about trusting your gut. Uh, 
I mean, we all have this sense of inner knowing, you know it and I know it. It's those like whispers. It's that gut instinct. It's the joy or the frustration or the like, oh my gosh, I'm suddenly stressed out and annoyed. Right. So your gut is always talking to you. And uh, one of the stories I share in Heart Boss is about this time in my life when I said yes to something out of fear. I didn't say yes, because I wanted this job. I said yes to a job out of fear during a recession because I was responsible and I always did what I should do. Right. I should. And so I started this job on a Monday and every day that week I felt physically ill because I wasn't excited about this job and I am a people pleaser. So I knew I'd probably be locked in this company for the next five years because that's what I do. I show up and I perform. And on that Friday, I was walking to work and it was one of those like glorious November days where you inhale on purpose and the leaves are changing. And I knew I was headed into, yeah, you can feel it. Like one of those perfect fall days. It's like crisp and you can feel the change Ah, in the air. Awesome. And I knew I was walking into a four hour conference call that morning to sit in a windowless conference room. And it was halfway through that call. I looked at my new boss. I'd been there 4.25 days. And I said, I cannot stand this. I don't want this job. And do you know what he said? Well, you know, because you read the book, he said, I am so jealous. Yeah. He didn't want the job either. Yeah. I had, you know, the choice. I knew I had the choice. My life was in a different phase. I had some flexibility. I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. I got to choose to bet on myself, which is what I did. Had I not listened to my gut in that moment, I wouldn't have had that experience with Flying Horse Farms, the camp that I got to build from the ground up. I probably wouldn't have Nick in my life. I wouldn't have my girls. I wouldn't have my business. Nothing in my life would have been the same if I chose to be in that job and be miserable and hate my life. Right. 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 And not, and not really step into the role of captain of your life. Captain of the ship. I knew that there was something different for me out there that aligned with exactly how I wanted to spend my time. Had I stayed at that job, on paper, my life would have been more balanced. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I wanted to go big on something that I felt deeply aligned to and helping get that camp off the ground to me was everything. I didn't yeah. care that I was working more than I would have been. I cared that I was excited about my work, right? So right. you have to trust your gut. If you're crying every day, cause you hate your job, you know, let's just like, let that be the sign. And you need to take one step forward to getting out of that place because yeah. you deserve better. Yeah. And I think to your point, it's the one step because one I think step. people get two of, especially if you're in a bad situation, right? You're overwhelmed at, you know, the thought of getting out and how that works and the logistics and you can spiral down into like, you know, an anxiety hole thinking about it. But when you wake up today, what is one step you could do? What's one thing you could research? Maybe if you can't yeah. drop the salary, what is one thing a day that you could do, right? Who is one person that is doing something interesting that you can ask for 20 minutes, Yeah, right? Like there are so many little steps that can boost your endorphins to give you the momentum to keep taking more steps that Mm -hmm. gets you out of that door that you don't like a lot faster. Right. And the key word you just said was the momentum. Yeah. Because once you get that ball rolling, you will start getting those confirmations and you will start understanding that that's the step that you're supposed to steps you're supposed to take. And then you're unstoppable. Unstoppable and doors open and the wrong clients leave you the right clients come in. Like, you know, I, I remember 
saying yes to clients when I first launched my business, again, out of fear, because if I don't say yes to them, who will ever hire me? This person wants to hire me. I know I don't like this person. I know that they're what they need and what I offer is not aligned, but I'm going to say yes, because I'm afraid that I'll never find my perfect person. Right. And you know, I remember sitting in this time, it was in my office in person and sitting there just being like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? Yeah. Right. And so I finally learned and I cut that person out. I said, you know what? We're not a good fit. Here's your money back. Here's three other coaches you should call. And that was the most liberating thing and learning to say yes and no to the right clients for the right reasons that Mm -hmm. that'll change your life. Yeah, absolutely. Just saying no in general will change your life. Like, because I think, I think we think like something's going to explode at us or some horrible thing, or the world's going to swallow us up and then you do it. And it's, it's a practice. It's a practice. So then all of a sudden you're like, nope, no, 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 no. (laughs) It's all over. And that's fine. And people respect it. They do. They do. It it doesn't, your worst case scenario doesn't always come to fruition. And I'm also the believer that if you say no to something or to a client or to a, you know, a volunteer gig or whatever it is, and somebody has a really strong negative reaction that is speaking probably about them, not necessarily about yeah. you, unless you completely just dicked them over and we're jerking it. Yeah. But, totally. <laughs> you, but know. you probably didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. So many things. It's a reflection on others. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so any kind of last points, there are so many good points in this book. We would, we would be talking for hours to capture it. That's why everyone yeah. needs to read it. So what, oh, you know, what you. did we not cover that you, you know, want to kind of drive home with folks? so much. There's so much good stuff. So we covered, trust your gut, shed your shoulds. The shoulds are the things that you say yes to out of fear or obligation, right? That's when you're saying you have to, um, we briefly said, ask for what you need, right? So don't Mm. ever be afraid to ask for what it is you need. Um, and then really I, I would say the next best step, like always take the next best step. We make things more complicated than they need to be. Take the next step best step for you, whether it's refreshing your resume, taking a nap, asking somebody for help. Like you've, you got to get back in the driver's seat in your life Mm. because it's too special. Like we, you deserve, right. You deserve to have what you daydream about, whatever that is. So just like get started today. Yes. And that's not woo woo folks. I'm just going to reiterate that. I mean, what is the quote that, who is it that says it? escaping me. And it says, I don't want to get to the end of my life with my music still in me. Um, (sighs) you know, and it's, you're going to have regrets. We're all humans. We're going to have some regrets as we're learning and going through. However, you know, do you want to look back and, and see more regrets than, than, you know, music out there or whatever it might be that you have to offer? I know I don't No, 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 no. Me neither. Me neither. Um, well, tell people where they can find you, my dear. And this is all going to be in the show notes too. Cause again, if I haven't said it 15 times by the book folks, by the book. (laughs) Yeah. Heart boss, pick up a copy either at Amazon or your favorite indie store. Um, you can find me at reaganwalsh.com. I'm on all the social media platforms at Reagan Walsh. Some of them have life coach after it, Instagram and, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Reagan Walsh, all the places you can find me. If you just put my name in, in the world wide web. (laughs) 
I love it. Um, and and the, for those of you who are members of our Surviving Entrepreneurship community on Facebook, which you should be if you are not, Reagan is giving us an amazing, amazing gift, which is Your Life, Your Terms. It is a self-guided online course, coaching course. It is nine, it's nine focus courses, right? Am I correct to yep, that? That's correct. Okay, yep. and, and accompanying exercises. And all you have to do is leave her a review, folks. That's it. Easy peasy. That's and you it. get a huge amount of resources at your fingertips. So I will drop the link for that in the group. And Reagan, thank you so much for being with me here today. I know it's been thank a valuable you. conversation. Uh, thanks, Michelle. This was a blast. You know, one of the things that I, I just adore about Reagan is that, you know, one, she's kind of no bullshit, you know, <laughs> I mean, what, what she writes about in the book is genuinely her life. And as well as, you know, she walks the walk, you know, she doesn't just, she's not lip service. She doesn't just kind of give you like 10 tips for, you know, stepping into your own. It's not that kind of a thing. It is, you know, living out loud. It is being intentional, with how you want to show up in this planet, asking for what you need, which sometimes, you know, we don't feel like we can, especially if you're a mom out there or just a woman in general, sometimes you don't feel like you can. Um, and no offense to, to any of our guys listening to, I think you should be asking for what you need as well. But, you know, so I just encourage you to go buy the book and check it out. She weaves in humor, life stories, and there's just so much good content in there. And on next week's episode, I am welcoming my dear friend, Jen to the show. And Jen and I are going to be speaking about, you know, all those different chapters of your business, right? Because sometimes when you set out on a business with a business plan in the beginning, five years go by, 10 years go by, and it just doesn't look the same. And that's okay. And we're going to be talking about her evolution because she's been doing her business for 20 plus years and it's taken on many different iterations. So you do not want to miss that episode. And as always, if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review. And you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in the life. See you later.